It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining us for a Thursday edition, formerly known as Q&A Day, now currently known as, uh, I guess, Mary Langston's podcast with episodic contributions from an old friend of hers. That's kind of a long title for a podcast, but I hope everybody's doing well. Mary Langston, how are you? I'm doing well, Trey. How about you? I don't have any real complaints. I hope your Mm -hmm. week is going well and the month of February is kicked off the way you want it to it is it's here i can't believe it everybody's been talking about how january felt so long but you know i thought it was just the right amount of time um well part of that's because you don't really (laughs) complain about anything that would be would be one of the reasons i don't know about that i'm sure i complain about some things but Uh, we made it to february and i'm seeing lots of people wearing pink and red and hearts and things like that so that's always fun Oh, really? Why would they do that? I guess they like the colors. I know my mom loves wearing hearts, so she wears it throughout the year as well. Oh, not just February. Oh, Valentine's Day is what you were referencing. That's true. It's also Black History Month. There are a lot of holidays in February. Uh, It's also President's Day. Is that in? That's right. Students get excited about that holiday as well because they don't have to go to school. And the Super Bowl is in February. Super Bowl is coming. Now we know who's playing. And Abigail, my daughter's birthday is in February. That's right. So there are a lot of things to look forward to this month. Yeah, it's going to be an expensive month. That's kind of what I hear you say <laughs> between For Valentine's. that, you know, I'm sure as a dad, you probably yeah. are thinking that and a husband. Oh. Oh, man. Maybe February will fly by, although it's uh, one of these weird, uh, weird years where we get an extra day in February. Oh, that's right. Leap year. Yep, my dad used to say it's the shortest month and the sickest month. Um, he was a pediatrician for those who wonder why he would be opining on that. Uh, right. The shortest month and the sickest month. But we're in it whether we want to be or not. So we're one day closer to spring, which is good. And mm-hmm. hopefully we have some questions that maybe maybe I can answer, hopefully with some help. Yes, we have great questions again. Thank you all for sending us your thoughts and your questions this week. We'll go ahead and start with a question from a listener on Twitter who writes, should we have leaders do what is politically correct or should we have leaders who do what is morally correct? Well, you know, listener via Twitter, um, currently known as X, in a perfect world, uh, those would be the same thing. Um, politically correct, maybe a substitute for popular. That that may be what that phrase means. Should we have do, leaders do what is popular or should we have leaders do what is morally correct? Um, and I, I do not accept the notion that those two cannot be the exact same thing. Oftentimes they may not be, but they can be. 
or perhaps politically correct means that it is fashionable among a small minority. Um, but nonetheless, uh, it would be good if what was popular was also what was moral, which then brings us, I guess, to the nature of humankind, where um, which is a whole separate conversation, which I'm sure you've heard. Well, you you've heard me talk about it because you you've sat through our class on the criminal justice system, so you know my thoughts on the nature of humankind. But you know, this question gets us to another question, which is what is moral? I mean, who, who defines that? What is the source for what is moral? We have laws which purport to reflect what is moral, but we can all think of laws that are in fact, or were in fact, immoral. So whenever I think about this, I, the first thought that goes through my mind is, who defines what is moral? What is the source of morality? Do we, or do we accept that the majority can be wrong and the minority can be right? For those who call themselves Christians or purport to follow the teachings of Christ, nowhere is it written that you will be successful politically or in the majority. In fact, I don't know as much about the Bible as you and some others do, but I think Jesus spent a considerable amount of his life in the political or power minority. So back to the question, should we have leaders do what is politically correct or should we have leaders do what is morally correct? The answer is yes, because I envision a world where they are one and the same. And if and when I am wrong about that, you should choose to do what is right over what is popular. Well, well said, Trey, and thank you for that question. We'll answer more of your questions when we come back. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Our next question is from William, who writes, after campaigns, do candidates who have become estranged make up after it's over? Uh, oftentimes they do. It depends really on how they treat one another and what is off limits and what is within limits. Sometimes political rivals go on to become great friends, and sometimes they never speak to one another again. I mean, politics at its core is a game of growth. So you're always looking to add. Um, I hasten to add that you you never forget. I can tell you with vivid clarity um, almost everything that happened. And um, I guess that I guess I had two races that would maybe qualify as being, you know, um, challenging or difficult. So you never forget. Uh, Do you move on? In one case, the answer was yes. And in one case, not so much. And it it really boils down to a word that I love, which is the word fair. If you think a critique or criticism is fair, that still doesn't mean you want to hear it. I mean, nobody likes to be criticized, whether it's accurate or not, whether it's fair or not. People just, as a general rule, don't like to be criticized. They don't like to be critiqued. But if in your will of souls you know what your opponent is saying, at least has some basis in fact or truth, it is much easier to get over that. It still doesn't mean you like it. And it you can still think it's like, 
not the right thing to do, but it's easier to get over that than it is, you know, what sometimes we see, which is people just make stuff up, just totally made up. And you start like impugning someone's character, which in the final analysis is all you really have. I mean, what does it profit a person to win a political race if in the process their character is maligned. So whether opposing candidates remain estranged depends in large part on the fairness of the critique during the campaign. And as I, you know, as I said, I, I've, I've seen, look, I've seen people, not that I can recall everyone that supported my two opponents, but hypothetically, if I could recall everyone, some were incredibly good. One in particular that I, that I won't name, although you probably can figure out who it is, Mary Langston, was not with me when I ran for Congress, but was the very first person to call uh, when I won the primary and said, uh, you won. You beat me. You beat my person. And I'm going to be as helpful to you as I tried to be to him. And to this day, we are friends. He 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 bet on a horse, and that horse um, I came in second. Sometimes you understand why people are not with you. Sometimes people should not be with you. If they have a longstanding friendship with uh, your political opponent, if they're business partners with your political opponent, I mean, you got to be like smart about it. You can't expect people who are super close to your political opponent, particularly if you're running against an incumbent, which I was dumb enough to do twice. So if you're running against the incumbent, number one, that's not smart. Number two, the incumbent has a lot of friends and family and supporters. So you can't internalize or personalize that. It really boils down to whether or not things said and done during the campaign breach some fundamental notion of what is fair. And like I said, in one case, there was no estrangement. And in one case, I don't believe we have spoken since. So one of each. Well, well said, Trey. And thank you so much for that question, William. Our last question is also from William, who writes regarding SEC football. How do you think the addition of Oklahoma and Texas will affect the conference? My Lord, it will make it impossible probably for anyone to go undefeated. I mean, mm. the conference, look, I mean, I know people in the Big 12 and people in the Big Ten and the ACC, everyone thinks their conference is the toughest one, probably. I mean, your your fans, you you want to pull for your home team. I get that. It, it's it's the SEC has a really good argument that it is the toughest football conference. And then when you add, I mean, how would you like to play at Alabama, at Texas, at LSU, mm. at Ole Miss, at Oklahoma? Missouri is really good right now. Kentucky is a tough place to play. Tennessee is a tough place to play. Auburn, I mean, Alabama almost lost to Auburn. And Auburn, you know, wasn't having a fantastic – it's a tough conference. And then you add to that Oklahoma and Texas. Um, what's going to be really fascinating, I guess, for me to see going forward 
is where Clemson winds up. Clemson um, is such a good football school, but well, they're really good in basketball right now too, and baseball for that matter. They Clemson could you know hold its own in the SEC. So probably so too could Florida State. Probably we'll see where those schools go. We'll see if the Big Ten ex- expands more than it has. But Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, people think about just football, but they're they're so good in all sports. So I think the toughest conference in America got even harder. And, you know, I love Shane Beamer. I love Shane Beamer as a person, as a coach, just a wonderful human being that if I had any athletic ability at all, I'd want to go play for him. I mean, I don't have any, and I still want to go play for him. But you can be, you can have the seventh best recruiting class in the country and be sixth in the SEC. I mean, you could, you can, you could make vast improvements where you are and not have it reflected in the record. I think South Carolina's football schedule next fall probably falls in the middle of the pack in terms of difficulty. But Mimi, my goodness, they they play Clemson every year, so that that's a really good football team that's not even in the SEC. So you 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 add to that having to play LSU and Alabama and Missouri and Georgia and I mean, good gracious. So I would not be surprised if Shane did not decide that he was going to go be a television talk show host and or have a podcast with you, Mary Langston, because it's gonna, it, it would be much easier than the job he's got right now. Well, well said on that. And I don't think he's going to come on my podcast, but I'm sure he'd have an amazing one himself. And those are all the questions we have for today, Trey. All right. Well, um, can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, I'm sure you've never become estranged from anyone, but if you <laughs> were estranged from someone, what efforts would you make to uh, reconcile or would you? Mm, that is a good question. I'd have to think about it more, but I think the first thing that would come to my mind is try to talk with them one-on-one and hear their thoughts and kind of work it out. And hopefully that would lead to at least some type of forgiveness. Doesn't mean we'd have to talk all the time, but just some type of forgiveness. Some type of maybe resolution that you exactly. can live with. Right. So that you just can move on and just cross that bridge. Which interestingly enough. But, I, you know, like I, like you said, I haven't been in that situation, especially in politics. And I don't foresee that ever happening to me, like being in politics. But, you know, that's the first thing that came to mind when you asked that question. I don't foresee you ever being estranged from anyone unless <laughs> that someone is a psychopath. I mean, I, I don't I've known you for 10 years now. And if somebody doesn't get along with you, it is their it is their fault. However, mm, I don't know. Uh, the advice you gave is what the Bible says to do, which is go to someone in private first, mm-hmm. see if you can work it out, which is almost never done. You know, when we were in Congress and these letters would, would be written, we're going to write you know, the attorney general or we're going to write the president. And the media got the letter like before the recipient of the letter got it. Mm-hmm. It's all for show. 
So they kind of do it the opposite way in politics. They every dispute is public and and almost nothing is handled privately, which tells me they're really not serious about working out whatever the source of estrangement was. Well said on that, Trey. All right. Well, I'm going to do my best to keep you from becoming estranged from anyone. <laughs> and I will um, reflect the rest of the day on just how hard it is to win in the SEC with two more perennial <laughs> powers in it and try to save my money for Valentine's Day and for Abigail's birthday. That sounds like a plan, and I guess we'll see y'all next Thursday. All righty. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.